Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas, and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today's podcast will be centered around the biomimetic state of fasting and the unique cellular benefits of fasting and how we can recreate this same effect through advanced supplementation. Joining me on the show is Dr. Chris Rhodes. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Lucas. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So Chris, maybe do you want to let my listeners know a little bit about yourself, what your role is within Mimeo and yeah, your background? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Dr. Chris Rhodes. Like you said, I got my PhD in nutritional biochemistry from Davis and I'm the CEO and uh, scientific founder at Mimeo Health. And Mimeo Health is this nutri-technology company that's making first of their kind biomimetic supplements. So these are designed from actual human biology, actual clinical research to recreate our body's natural regenerative systems. And the first product that we have out there and a little bit of what we be talking about today is our fasting mimetic product, which is just called Mimeo because we're not super creative at this point. <laughs> Uh, but that was designed from over seven years of clinical research that I was doing at UC Davis as part of my PhD. And that is basically recreating what happens in the body during a 36-hour fast so that people can get all these great cellular health and longevity benefits of fasting, but without actually needing to fast. Yeah. So maybe I think a, a great way to frame our discussion here today would be, first of all, having a look at some of the changes that occur within the body as it undergoes extended periods of fasting. Maybe do you want to talk about some of the 
changes within the cellular systems and organs that occur following extended periods of fasting. Yeah, absolutely. So fasting is a really interesting state. It's been very well documented across the science. There have been over 100,000 studies on fasting, either in model organisms or actually in humans in the clinical state. And what happens in fasting is very interesting. It's almost like activating this, this cellular program for survival. So when you think about it from an evolutionary point of view, right, if you're going out there and you're constantly eating, right, that's essentially the environment, your body getting a signal that says the environment is super, super rich in nutrients, right? So this is actually a great time to procreate and focus on the next generation to keep the species going, right? In response to that, your cells and your body are going to be like, okay, I don't really need to pay all that much attention to what I'm doing, right? With these particular cells, I'm just going to run dirty. I'll create all the proteins that I want. I'm not going to be too concerned about cellular waste management, because if something happens, then I can just make a new cell. I have plenty of nutrients. It's not a big deal. In a fasted state, that's the complete opposite, right? That's an evolutionary signal that tells your body, oh no, this is not a great environment for procreation. If I had the next generation now, there's a very good chance it would die. Instead of focusing on that, I'm going to focus on keeping this generation alive and healthy long enough that it can find a new environment where procreation would be like more hospitable, right? So what happens because of that on the cellular level is going to be like this huge increase in metabolic efficiency. Your cells are going to run clean, essentially. They're going to kick off cellular recycling and autophagy, right? To harvest all the resources that they can to break down dysfunctional proteins and organelles that aren't working and serving the system anymore. Uh, they're going to be a lot more conservative about cellular waste and produce less of those damaging oxidative species, and then also increase cellular stress response elements and these protective mechanisms that keep the cells safe from harm. Really, holistically, fasting is activating that, like we said, like longevity bio program that's optimizing their functionality specifically for survival <laughs> and metabolic efficiency and you know producing less waste and uh, taking on less damage. Yeah, awesome. And I guess with fasting itself, Chris, having a look at some of the, the earlier studies in animal species, it appears that caloric restriction does have a favorable effect on longevity across, is it true that it's across all animal species, including humans? Yeah, there's definitely an interesting wealth of studies. We do see this across most animal species all the way up until you get to like primates. And in primates, there have been two big studies around caloric restriction specifically. And one of them showed that while it didn't increase lifespan, it increased health span, right? The amount of time where the primates themselves were actually healthy. And then another one's kind of still ongoing and it's seen some lifespan extension, but it's not totally completed yet. Up to the primate level, good promising results, especially in increasing the health and preventing disease of the organisms. Uh, and then in humans, the big one is the calorie study. So this was like a, a long-term study of caloric restriction in humans that was designed to be 20, 25% caloric restriction, but that's a very difficult long-term intervention, right? That's one of the big problems with caloric restriction in general. So people ended up um, reducing their caloric intake by around 15%. 
But even in that time, you see these same increases in health span, right? You have a lot less, a lot less creation of disease. You have a lot more cellular stress resistance. You have a lot better markers of like immune health, cardiovascular health, metabolic health. And then they recently did another kind of retrospective analysis of it where they were looking at biological age and did show that long-term caloric restriction was able to actually reduce biological age as well. And that's for anyone that doesn't know, uh, chronological age is essentially the absolute amount of time that you've been alive, whereas biological age is more of a measure of how healthy you actually are. Um, mm. And what I, I could be 55 years old, but actually have a biological age of 35 because I was taking care of myself and doing all the right things. The rate at which you're actually aging versus how long you've actually been on earth. Yeah. So I guess, Chris, maybe we can discuss the, the key proteins or pathways that are activated during that fasting state versus being in a fed state. Probably the most well-known, particularly in my in the biohacking community and the scientific space is the balance between mTOR stimulation and AMPK activation. So maybe do you want to explain that to my listeners? What does that actually mean? Yeah, sure. Great question. So like mTOR activation, that's mammalian target of rapamycin. Um, and mTOR is essentially like one of the major growth signaling pathways in cells. So stimulation of mTOR is really highly associated with kind of the anabolic pathways. If you're eating a meal, you have a high protein, high carbohydrate, that's going to stimulate mTOR activation, which then provides that signal to your cells like we were talking about before. Okay, nutrients are here. I can run dirty. I can focus on cellular division and production of proteins and whatever I need without really having to focus on metabolic efficiency. And AMP kinase is the opposite of that. AMP kinase is the signal to your body that says, all right, we don't have a lot of nutrients that are going on. And specifically, we need to start breaking down fatty acids and entering into ketosis, which is another big thing that happens during fasting. And that metabolic control switch, essentially that balancing of the anabolic stimulation with mTOR and the catabolic stimulation with AMP kinase is your body's master nutrient signaling pathways. So I guess, Chris, we can look at now, we've understood now there's the balance between mTOR stimulation, AMPK activation. And so what you're saying is that during fasted states, the body primarily activates that AMPK pathway because there's a shortage of nutrients and calories. And so did you want to maybe explain how like some pharmaceutical interventions have been used perhaps like metformin or I don't know if rapamycin, yeah. I think explain how that falls into the picture. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about mTOR and amkinase, right? mTOR, like we said before, is like their acronym is literally the mammalian target of rapamycin. So it's one of the things that came about from the discovery that rapamycin actually extended lifespan. And rapamycin essentially deactivates mTOR, like it, it suppresses its activation, which then helps to bring down these other guardrails that then help to activate or make easier to activate these other more beneficial lifespan associated pathways like AMP kinase. But yeah, rap, what rapamycin is doing is downregulating mTOR which then can help to promote these other um, great pathways for cellular regeneration, like autophagy, for example. 
AMP Kinase is like the flip side of that coin. And Met, and what Metformin does is that it's actually an AMP Kinase activator, right? So just like rapamycin is downregulating these mainly like deleterious growth and fed anabolic pathways, Metformin is activating those catabolic pathways. And then that's stimulating fat-specific breakdown, helping to control blood glucose levels, shifting away from carbohydrate metabolism more onto the fat metabolism that you would experience during fasting. And then in the same way, as you're activating these catabolic pathways, that makes it easier for some of these other catabolic pathways to activate as well, because everything in biology is always a balancing act. Yeah, so I guess something I thought of there, Chris, would be like, So metformin to a degree would be mimicking the states of fasting, but now we're looking at compounds that can mimic the mimicker. So so there's obviously natural compounds that are found like such as nicotinamide, PEA, OEA, OA, and then these compounds and spermidine. So maybe do you want to talk about these four key ingredients, why you guys chose to focus on these four and what the relationship is with longevity? Yeah, absolutely. So the formulation that you're describing here is like the the Mimeo formulation that's part of our fasting uh, mimetic compound. And basically where these were coming from was from the clinical studies that I was doing as part of my PhD. So what we did for that was essentially we were looking at what happens in the human body during a 36-hour fast that could be responsible for all of these beneficial cellular regenerative and longevity effects um, that you see in other clinical research, right? That was the thing that really interested me about fasting is that it can help treat, prevent, or delay most major diseases, can help to extend lifespan, but it does all of that without actually adding anything into the system. So it's essentially somehow or another activating this dormant longevity bio program like we were talking about before. And what we wanted to do was figure out why is that happening and is there a way that we can recreate it? Um, So in this study, we looked at young, healthy people, an equal amount of men and women to avoid a gender bias and make sure that our results were like very universally applicable. And we had them fast for 36 hours, the time point where you see the best literature results about having lifespan extension effects. And we did the before and after. And what we saw was that when people fasted for 36 hours, there was this big increase in their plasma functionalities. So their plasma became more anti-inflammatory. It became more antioxidant. It became more cardioprotective. Obviously, the metabolic parameters were much, uh, much better. And that's really interesting in the nutrition space when you have a single intervention that can take already young, healthy people and basically maximize their performance and functionality on a biological level, right? And so we were like, what's going on here? What's the difference between one state and another that could be causing that effect? So we did what's called comprehensive metabolomics, basically looking at all of the small molecule components of the plasma. And what we found was that there were over 300 significant differences between the baseline state and the fasted state. And when we combed through those, we found this list of about a dozen that already had some literature results of being bioactive, whether that was being able to induce anti-inflammatory responses or create autophagy benefits. And then from that list, we screened through those on our ex vivo modeling techniques and found this synergistic combination of four of these molecules 
that when we combine them together could recreate these beneficial effects of fasting that we were seeing. So the anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, cardioprotective benefits. And what was really interesting was that since we were looking at this from a longevity point of view, we also did a C. elegans lifespan analysis. And what we found was that when we took these four molecules, supplemented them into C. elegans, even under normal feeding conditions, no fasting, no caloric restriction, we could extend their lifespan by 96%. Um, and to put that in context for you, rapamycin in that same model in C. elegans extends lifespan by 19%. And metformin in that same model extends lifespan by 36%. And both of those are drugs, right? Like the, the big gold standard anti-aging drugs out there right now. And so this Mimeo formulation in this model was outperforming them. And it's just a combination of natural molecules. So really exciting. And that's essentially where the Mimeo formulation came from, actually recreating what was happening in the body during a 36-hour fast and then giving it back um, to these cells, these organisms um, to recreate fasting at the molecular level and get those same benefits, but without actually having to fast. Yeah, it's incredible stuff. I'm very fascinated by the space of, as a naturopath, I'm always studying herbs and supplements and things like that. And so for you guys to be clever enough to combine these four ingredients together to recreate or mimic the states of fasting and in your in that C. elegans cell model, it's outperforming the gold standard anti-aging yeah. drugs, like you said. This is incredible stuff. So Chris, maybe do you want to start with the first ingredient in the formula? So, so spermidine is the first ingredient? Yeah, whatever you want can be the first ingredient. But yeah, we can totally focus on spermidine. Um, spermidine is um, a natural breakdown product of arginine. And it's really well known and really popular right now, especially in the longevity space for its ability to induce autophagy. And we don't know the full um, like molecular pathways of how exactly it's doing that. The latest research shows that spermidine is inactivating an inactivator of like autophagy. So it's like an indirect pathway. It's not, it's not like directly sti stimulating it, but spermidine is a really interesting molecule because yes, it's well known to induce autophagy. And then it's also been associated with longevity in humans. So like more spermidine intake in the diet correlates to longer lifespan and then like less, a longer health span as well, less disease and more functionality over time. And it's really interestingly being studied right now as a way to help prevent cognitive decline in older folks with dementia. And that's actually been showing some pretty good preliminary results there. So helping to enhance neural autophagy to maintain <clears throat> brain cell health. Because I do believe oral spermidine does have the ability to cross the blood-brain barrier. Is that correct? Yeah. So spermidine, like in general, can cross the blood-brain barrier. Yes. And because it's a, it's a small molecule metabolite. So you see a lot of, that's one of the beauties about using natural molecules in the first place is that all of these molecules, unlike a chemical drug or even some plant extracts, right? All of these natural human metabolites, they evolved within the human body to, you know, perform a specific function. So that gives them not only a very stellar safety profile because 
because your body knows exactly what this molecule is. It knows how to take it up. It knows how to utilize it. It knows how to metabolize it without any issues. But then it's also really efficacious because it, it literally spent the last 10,000 years, you know, playing a major role in your body to function in a specific way. And that's another reason why this formulation is so cool. And you gave us credit for the formulation, but I don't like to take credit for it because I didn't design it like nature did. These things evolved within the human body to work together in this holistic system of fasting and activate these complementary pathways to produce these results that are greater than the sum of their parts. And that's why I think we get such amazing lifespan extension is because we're not just going after one target at a time, like most drugs are, we're activating these, this holistic system, this longevity bioprogram. Yeah, I might actually share my experience with spermidine. I remember <laughs> trialing it a couple of years ago. I remember trialing it before bed and I saw a massive increase in my HRV, heart rate variability. And also I saw an improvement in my deep sleep as well. That was just from, I think it was like five or 10 milligrams of spermidine. Um, yeah, so that, yeah. it's a really, it's a really potent compound. That's for sure. And that's actually the amount that we have in the Mimeo formulation right now. So we have five milligrams of spermidine, which is a lot more than you'd get from some of the other uh, spermidine products that's out there right now. Um, especially mm. the wheat germ extracts where typically you're taking a gram of the wheat germ extract to get one milligram of spermidine. So obviously, so spermidine, there's some pretty promising literature. You've alluded to the fact that it can activate autophagy, as I'm sure many other compounds in the formula probably also have a side benefit of doing so as well. Sure. The next ingredient, maybe, should we talk about? I'm really curious with the nicotinamide, right? So yeah, you've got vitamin D3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So nicotinamide um, is a vitamin B3 derivative, right? Um, but it's most well known for its. Um, ability to be an NAD plus precursor. And NAD plus is a really interesting molecule inside of the cellular system because a little bit like AMPK, but to a larger degree, NAD is really one of the main mechanisms that your body senses and that cells sense energy deprivation or energy levels. So what's called the NAD plus NADH ratio the more NAD plus you have, that's a signal to your cells that says, okay, we do not have a lot of energy. So then we'll go on to activate those beneficial fasting uh, pathways, those regenerative metabolic efficiency systems. So the, the general point with the NAD precursors like nicotinamide is to artificially, let's say, increase the levels of NAD plus even without energy restriction, right? So then the increased levels of NAD plus then sends that signal to the cells that activates all these other, you know, beneficial pathways. So that's really what um, nicotinamide and other NAD precursors are going to be doing for you um, on a more holistic level. Then there's other uh, compounds out there like nicotinamide riboside and nicotinamide mononucleotide that have the same purpose of this. The reason why we use nicotinamide is because Nicotinamide is the precursor to all of those things. But then also really interestingly, it's the precursor to this other very beneficial compound called 1-methyl nicotinamide. And that's another one that we saw in the fasting data set that was upregulated. 
And that's really interesting because people thought for a really long time that one methyl nicotinamide was just this breakdown product of uh, nicotinamide metabolism and didn't really have any activity. But now there's a lot of emerging research that's showing that one methyl nicotinamide is actually really great for enhancing exercise performance, for enhancing exercise recovery, for really helping to produce these cardioprotective, cardiometabolic benefits as well. So that's one of the reasons why we use nicotinamide rather than, say, nicotinamide rabicide or NMN. You know what I, I really find fascinating, Chris, is with a lot of these molecules, understanding their metabolites as in science, we oftentimes will disregard them and then five to 10 years later, we'll come back and revisit them. And all of a sudden now, these are like the active molecules that are actually possessing these favorable effects. A good yeah. example would be the metabolite of berberine, which is dihydroberberine, which is one that I've spoken about on my YouTube channel as like a more potent version of berberine itself. So I, I just love how science evolves and they're able to determine and discover these, these compounds. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the beautiful thing about science, right? Is that you think that you have it all figured out. And then all of a sudden there's just like another layer of complexity below that. And like metabolomics will definitely humble you like very much because you think, okay, I've got this pathway down. I'm six, I'm six metabolites deep into this thing. Like that's gotta be the end. And there's, oh, actually no, there's seven more metabolites under that before you even get into waste streams. And all of those seven different metabolites are probably, they're there for a reason. And they're probably mm. signaling some other elements of these cellular these cellular systems to promote some other pathway that wasn't even on your radar before. So, and that's the great thing. And that's why I really love what we're doing at Mimeo, this whole biomimetic approach is that the more granular you get into the weeds and the more you go into these metabolites and recreating the full complexity of the biological system, the more you really get to the, like these potent additive benefits and even synergistic benefits, like what we see in our formulation. What's also fascinating is I guess the, I don't know if you guys considered this at all, but like the implications of some of these compounds on the, the microbiome, like I'd imagine yeah. perhaps spermidine would influence the microbiome in some way. And you know, a lot of people are talking about all disease begins in the gut. There's that saying. So yeah. Do you want to share what, what you guys may, may have found there? Yeah. The microbiome is super duper interesting because it totally doesn't seem like it, right? But the microbiome essentially shares equal space in our biology as we do. There are as, there are as many cells, if not more cells, as part of our microbiome than are actually inside of our body. So mm. it's just as important to take care of your microbiota health as it is to take care of your actual whole body health. So a lot of research still needs to be done in the microbiome arena, but really cool stuff is coming out and we're learning more and more every day. What we've seen with our, the ingredients in our formulation is that there are some beneficial microbiome effects. The big one that comes to mind for me is actually not spermidine, but oleoethanolamide, which we haven't talked about yet, but that's actually been shown to increase the levels of acromancia in wow. people's microbiomes. And acromancia is of course really important because it's one of the few, one of the few species that are actually associated with enhanced lifespan and increased longevity. So that's really the major one there. PEA, palmitoyethanolamide, which we also haven't talked about, 
does have great gut benefits as well. So it's been shown to help reduce intestinal inflammation, help to increase intestinal or sorry, decrease intestinal permeability. So helping to really reduce like gut inflammation and symptoms of IBS. So those are some great benefits of the ingredients in Mimeo that have already been proven out in clinical studies. And then you do have a lot of this kind of cross-pollination that happens too. As just as these are metabolites that the human body can use, they're also metabolites that the microbiome can use. Um, so I think one of the reasons why you get this increase in acromancia is because oleoethanolamide, OEA, can be used as a substrate for them that they can feed on and metabolize in their own way and then grow and produce from that. Yeah, I'm excited to chat about both OEA and PEA. And it's funny you mentioned that with the acromancia because we do know that metformin increases the abundance of Acomandia. So we're just starting to see yeah. all the links here. It's incredible. Here's a quick little message to all men listening into today's show. Do you want to double your energy levels, boost motivation, and increase your focus? If so, you may be interested in my epic men's energy program I've recently launched called Limitless. Now, Limitless is an exclusive 12 week program. For men who want to go from feeling tired, unmotivated, or burnt out to highly energetic, driven, and focused. Within the program, I will analyze your own unique biology and lay out a fully personalized health protocol so that you can finally unlock peak physical and cognitive performance. Over the 12 weeks, you will have direct access to me to ensure your results as well as the chance to join me live twice a week to ask me anything relating to health protocols and discover cutting-edge men's health info to keep you at the top of your game. Now, spots in this program are extremely limited, so if you're interested in finding out more, make sure you go to bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash limitless program to reserve the next available call to see if you're a good fit. That's bit.ly forward slash limitless program. You'll also find this link in my bio on my Instagram profile and also my YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really cool. I think that like the like studying fasting, studying all of these longevity pathways, you do, you find a lot of similarities across different species and microorganisms because we all really evolved from the same place, right? A lot of things that can be helpful for humans can also be helpful for the microbiome and vice versa. Mm. And that's not always a one-to-one -one translation, right? That's, that's another reason why I like the, the biomimetic <laughs> approach, because if you want to create health effects in a human or understand what's going on in the human body, you should probably start with human beings and work, work your way from there. But yeah, it's just really fascinating to see how all of these pathways end up fitting together and the far-reaching effects that they can have. So I just thought of a funny saying, or I guess like a quote, and I reckon Steve Jobs would like this one is, I reckon we could say that the formula that you've developed would enable you to fast faster. Yeah. Faster <laughs> fasting. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear we have that ad out there right now. <laughs> but you are very correct, right? That's the great thing about the formulation in general is that 
It's, it was designed from a 36 hour fast. So yes, uh, you can use it as a fasting mimetic, take it with food, get some of the benefits of fasting while still eating. And we've actually done a clinical study to show that that happens like that. Number one, the ingredients are bioavailable. Even during a meal, they come into the circulation around 45 minutes to an hour after ingestion, stay elevated for around six hours after that, before they're completely absorbed by the cells and then have all these really interesting benefits to them. They can prevent a lot of these negative effects of eating, like dietary inflammation, like that brain fog that happens, those metabolic perturbations, that loss of cardioprotective ability in the plasma, and some of the fatigue sluggishness that comes along after a meal too, especially if it's a, if it's a big, rich meal. <laughs> So this is, this is going to be interesting. Before we get into the OEA and the PEA, just going back to some of the clinical trials that you guys conducted, I'm curious to know what were the major outcomes you were looking for in the studies and yeah, maybe break those down for us. Yeah, absolutely. In the first study that we already described, we were really just looking at what what's going on in the human body during a fast. So that's where we discovered the metabolites. After we discovered the formulation, we then, of course, were like, that's great. It works in human cells. It works to extend lifespan and model organisms, but does it actually work in a human being as well as an actual supplement? Um, so what we did for that clinical study was we had people come in and they ate a standardized breakfast on its own with a placebo control. Um, and then we tested their plasma functionalities like we had earlier. Um, and then after a one week washout period, those same people came back, ate that same standardized breakfast, but then with supplementation with Mimeo. And what we found was that when they ate that meal without, without Mimeo, just with the placebo, there was this big loss in plasma functionality, which is really typical of the postprandial response, right? If you think about what's happening when you eat a meal, you have all of this foreign material that's coming into the body, right? And that's setting off at least a low-level immune response and sometimes a high-level immune response, depending on what you're actually eating. Um, and then you have all of these, all of these macronutrients that are flooding into the system, throwing, throwing your body out of homeostasis and your body has to like immediately figure out what to do with all of these nutrients that are coming in. Where am I going to move this around to? How am I going to store it? How am I going to break it down? What needs to go out? What needs to go in? So it's just, it's really, it's a really big perturbation of the system. So what we see was that their plasma became really pro-inflammatory. It became less antioxidant, less cellular stress resistance, and then less cardioprotective as measured through cholesterol efflux capacity, which is essentially the plasma's ability to take cholesterol out of um, lipid loaded macrophages. And this is actually like the process by which your body ends up clearing arterial plaques. So cholesterol efflux capacity is the gold standard clinical marker for cardiovascular disease risk. So not great that it decreases after a meal. Well, what we found when we had that same meal with Mimeo was that we were able to prevent all of that loss of function and actually add gains of function on top of that wow. mimic what we saw during actual intermittent fasting, that 36-hour fast. So their, their plasma became anti-inflammatory instead of pro-inflammatory. It became antioxidant instead of pro-oxidant and had much better um, improved cardiovascular um, or sorry, cardioprotective ability from cholesterol efflux capacity. Phenomenal stuff. You've just represented Dale explained in detail that protective effect and the beneficial effect on biology. 
were you interested in measuring other parameters such as that postprandial glucose spike, insulin, CRP, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. We were, we are interested in measuring that. So this is, and that's an actual analysis that we're doing right now. So that's like the final cherry on top of everything, because when we designed the study originally, it was as a dosing and pharmacokinetic study. So it was really yeah. just to see if we give these molecules to people, do they go into the system and what's the actual time course of their appearance and disappearance? We got lucky that there were this immediate acute effect of the molecules within hours of taking them. And so now we're doing like more of an, more of an analysis of the plasma to see, yeah, can we move around these postprandial glucose and insulin and CRP, TNF-alpha levels? Another interesting one is OxLDL, which is oxidized LDL, which is a, a measure of oxidative stress in the system that you can assess more clinically. Yeah, to, to a degree, I just thought of a, another application would be to utilize Mimeo to buffer the effects of a cheap meal, like yeah. a dirty meal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's totally the great thing. I, I was explaining this a little bit before, but got a little sidetracked. But yeah, you can use Mimeo as a fasting mimetic with food to prevent a lot of these negative effects of eating. But then you can also use it as a fasting enhancer too. If you're already fasting, if you're like the 16-8 style of fasting or even OMAD, this can help to maximize the benefits of your fast because it was designed from a 36-hour fast to give you those same benefits. Um, but then also make your fasting easier because there are these really great benefits to mood elevation and energy production um, and then appetite suppression as well. That's coming from the ole oil ethanolamide. All right. I guess now we can uh, transition over into discussing yeah, <laughs> yeah, perfect segue there, Chris. Is first of all, OE. Let's talk about that because PEA is sitting on my benchtop, and I tried some a few days ago actually, and I was diving into the research on how that affects the, the body and stuff. But let's start with OEA. Tell, let my audience know a little bit about where it's actually found, its molecular functions, and things like that. Yeah. So ole oil ethanolamide, the tongue twister of the episode, OEA for ease and convenience, that is actually a lipid derivative. So it's a metabolite of oleic acid, and that's typically produced in the intestinal cells. And there's two major responses that kind of trigger OEA production. One of them is, one of them is eating. And for a very long time, like people only thought that oleoethanolamide was elevated during meal. But our study was the first to show that actually where you really get enhanced OEA production is during a 36-hour fast. So there's a slight increase in OEA during a postprandial state, like a 2 or 3x increase in OEA plasma concentrations during a 36-hour fast. And that's important because OEA is involved in the gut-brain axis where it helps to stimulate satiety and reduce appetite. And really interesting new evidence has come out that the way that it does that is actually by helping to stimulate the secretion of GLP-1. So you wow. can think of oleoethanolamide as like your body's natural <clears throat> ozembic, essentially. Yeah. And so one of its other main mechanisms of action is also it activates like PPAR-alpha, which is another one of those pathways that's really heavily involved in lipid breakdown, fat-specific utilization, this master metabolic regulator that helps with not just optimizing metabolism, but also other things like mood and sleep. So you mentioned that it's a metabolite of oleic acid, which is yeah. found in olive oil, correct? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yep. So that makes yeah. sense. Mediterranean diet, olive oil linked to longevity. That totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it absolutely does. And we were actually, we were one of the first to discover that OEA itself had these lifespan extension abilities. And what's really interesting is that when we dove into the research of it and compared it across these other, these other like pro longevity interventions, we found that OEA and PEA, but we'll talk about that later, really outperformed many of the pro longevity interventions. So they were, you can get anywhere with just OEA or PEA supplementation, anywhere between 30 to 45% lifespan extension in C. elegans, but that's at nanomolar concentrations. So lipid species, lipid amide species are incredibly bioactive. Your body doesn't usually produce that much of them, but the amount that it does produce has a really outsized effect on biological processes. So these are molecules that I'm really excited about because when you're talking about a nanomolar scale, that's something that's incredibly easy to achieve through yeah. supplementation, um, right? Versus something like, versus something like the data that's out there on rapamycin or metformin, where those lifespan extension results are in the millimolar scale, um, which to, to give everybody a little like science deep dive is hundred thousand X greater than the nanomolar scale. Right. Yeah. Great stuff there with, with the OE, first of all, I'm interested, were there any human studies on OEA in isolation? Were they like, as in OEA administered in supplemental form? Were there any longevity related studies on just OEA in isolation? Yeah, there haven't been any longevity specific studies of OEA in, in people in isolation um, because there honestly just haven't been a, like any longevity studies about people with any kind of innervation in, in isolation. That's a thing that we hope might one day happen, but probably never will. That's why biological age tests and biomarkers of aging are becoming so important so that we can actually start assessing these instead of having to lock people up in cages for hundred years to see, I don't know, did OEA <laughs> extend human <laughs> lifespan? Um, but there have been like, there have been many clinical studies with OEA specifically as an anti-obesity treatment. And that's where the most scientific attention on it is. So there's a really interesting clinical studies showing that OEA supplementation helps to reduce appetite, which then ultimately helps to help, uh, have people lose weight, increase those beneficial levels of like acromancia, decrease levels of circulating cytokines like CRP and help balance metabolic, metabolic parameters. There's also been studies of PEA in rodents where you know, P or sorry, OEA in rodents where OEA can help to prevent diet induced obesity, help to control glucose, lipid levels, insulin levels, cholesterol levels, triglyceride levels. So just a really, a really powerful master metabolic regulator. Yeah, there does seem to be quite a lot of research on OEA in relation to appetite regulation. So it does appear yeah. to reduce food intake and probably manipulate some other parameters of appetite. You mentioned the GLP-1. That's, um, yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. right. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of the big kind of discoveries that, that we made after we researched the formulations. So like I said, I wish I could take credit for the formulation, but really it was designed by, it was designed by evolution and designed by nature. So when we put it together, we didn't even know that there were all these other effects of oleoethanolamide. We just thought it was like, oh, okay, cool. It's just like another thing that we're including in our formulation because it's part of this synergistic, these synergistic pathways. 
and because it was such a good lifespan extender and works together with all these other molecules. We then later learned that, yeah, there were these great effects on appetite suppression and there were these great effects on the microbiome. So I guess then you mentioned that OEA does activate that PPAR-alpha pathway. Do you want to explain to my listeners what is PPAR-alpha and how does that regulate energy metabolism and things like that? Yeah, so PPARs in general, that's um, the peroxisome proliferator activated receptors. And essentially what they do is help to control gene expression, but then specifically help to promote the, the metabolism of fatty acids and the promotion of like literally peroxisomes, which are one of the major breakdown products, or sorry, one of the one of the major mechanisms by which the cell breaks things down. So like creating autophagolysosomes, things like that. So PPAR alpha has a really wide range of cellular effects because it does operate directly on transcription. So it helps to regulate cellular metabolism in all those ways that we were talking about before. It helps to promote um, sleep. It helps to promote mood elevation. And What's interesting about the PPARs is that there's a lot of different uh, types of PPAR receptors. So there's alpha, gamma, beta, omega, um, and they're very heavily involved in the endocannabinoid system as a whole. And very much like how cannabis works, right? There are these, a lot, there's a lot of these interesting entourage effects. So even though we're stimulating through one major pathway, which might be par alpha in the case of OEA, it also touches a lot of these other different, different cellular pathways that then go on to produce distinct effects from say PEA, which is also stimulating through PPAR alpha, but has a totally different end result and kind of mechanism of action than OEA does. Phenomenal. And in terms of the dosage ranges, you did a great job, by the way, explaining that PIPA alpha, PIPA gamma sort of pathway. It's always been an area that I've seen pop up with like lots of supplemental research and things and mechanistic studies. But maybe do you want to talk about some of the dosage ranges that you've seen with OEA? Maybe what have there been any human clinical studies looking at dosage escalation, typical dose, dosage ranges? Yeah, so the typical dosage ranges for OEA are anywhere between 200 milligrams to 400 milligrams per day. And that's typically where you see the best effects of OEA in a clinical setting. And usually what they do in the clinical trials, specifically for the metabolism and for the for the obesity, are split that dose into about two times a day and usually taken before a meal. Uh, because that's when you're going to see these very powerful um, satiety enhancing effects so that people will like, they'll have the OEA in their system. So they're already primed to get that, okay, stop eating. I'm full kind of signal. Then they'll start eating. They'll get halfway through their meal and then they'll be like, I'm full. I can't eat anymore. And because, and if they do that twice a day before their meals, they end up naturally reducing calories and naturally losing weight that way. Yeah, it's like the the typical Ozempic approach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Very similar. And like we said, because OEA is stimulating like the secretion of GLP-1, it's a very similar mechanism of action there as well. And it's also a much, it's a much more natural and safe, less harsh than the, like the Ozempics and the Wegovies out there. 
And what's really interesting is that we've been partnering up with some clinical practitioners around the country. One that we're really excited about is the Gladden Longevity Institute out of Irving, mm. Texas. And what they've been using Mimeo for specifically is to help to wean people off of the GLP-1 agonist. When, when people go on these drugs, they, they work really well, they suppress appetite really well, but you have to do them for the rest of your life or else all of that hunger is going to come back. And it usually comes really roaring back, right? People get yeah. kind of these massive hunger withdrawals almost. And they're using Mimeo as a way to help combat those hunger withdrawals while transitioning them onto a more natural um, approach that's more sustainable in the long term. And then also helping to in, helping to get their diets much at a much better point and develop more healthy lifestyle uh, habits over time. Yep. So you mentioned with spermidine, we said dosage range was five milligrams in your formulation, the OEA, you said the clinical, like the ideal dosage range is between 200 to 400 milligrams. We didn't discuss the range for nicotinamide because I've seen dosages all the way up to a thousand, 2000 milligrams. Yeah. yeah. So it really depends on what you're using nicotinamide for. Nicotinamide is one of those ones where you do need a lot of it to really have these these beneficial effects. So what in mouse studies specifically is that they're typically giving mice where they see the like the big health span increases. They're typically giving mice something in the range of 0.5 to one gram per kilogram of body weight, which is not super sustainable for humans, <laughs> right? The clinical studies that we have with the NAD precursors, they've shown good results at those dosages of around 150 to 300 milligrams per day but better efficacy, the higher that you go. So there have been phase three clinical studies looking at one gram of nicotinamide supplementation per day and showing really positive results on skin cancer progression and specifically like myoblastoma, myoblastoma cancer cell progression. It's interesting because nicotinamide from my research, it actually has a suppresses lipolysis. It's actually part of its, I don't know if you've seen some of that research, how nicotinamide can affect lipolysis. Oh, that's really interesting. Actually, I have not seen that research, but yeah, go ahead and take me through it. So I believe there was, this is uh, presented by one of my favorite doctors, uh, Dr. Ray Pete. He actually recently passed away. He spoke about the favorable effects of actually deliberately inhibiting lipolysis as a way to shift the primary fuel source towards glucose oxidation, like glycolysis. So like inhibiting lipolysis, promoting that glycolysis. Aspirin's another compound that can also inhibit lipolysis. I think methylene blue is another one that can also do that. So yeah, pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah, that is really interesting. And I can totally understand why that could be beneficial because if you switch, especially if you think about a fasting state, right, that's going to do something very similar. The yep. way that works and one of the reasons why prolonged fasting becomes very beneficial over time is that in that first 24 hours of fasting, you're basically going to be prioritizing carbohydrate metabolism and running through mm-hmm. your body's carbohydrate stores. So it takes about 20 to 24 hours 
of fasting to really burn through all of the glycogen stores in your body. And at that point, that's when you'll switch over essentially fully to ketosis and start to really utilize fat um, instead of carbohydrates for energy. So promoting mm. carb-specific breakdown and accelerating that process, I can see that as being very beneficial because it helps to tip the scales more towards accelerated ketosis over time. Yeah. The final ingredient in the formulation, uh, I'm glad we left this to last, is the PEA. Yeah. Palmitol, I'm not even going to, palmitol and ethylamide. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The ethanolamides are hard, right? But I like to break it up when it's, I can say palmitol, that's fine. I can say ethanolamide and then putting them together, palmitol, ethanolamide, but yeah, PEA, much simpler. Um, but PEA is great. Um, like we were talking about before, it's another ethanolamide compound, very similar to OEA that activates PPAR alpha, but then has its own interesting entourage effects because of its various little, little pathway activations along the way. So its mechanism of action is actually to go to the, the neurons in the brain and stimulate the secretion of anandamide, which is one of the one of the body's bliss molecules, right? In the same way that I say that OEA is like your body's natural ozembic, I think of PEA as your body's natural CBD because it has this it has this really interesting mood elevation effect, but also it's been really rigorously studied and has great clinical efficacy for pain and discomfort relief throughout the day. So it's, it has these anti-inflammatory effects that we saw stimulating COX-1 and 2, or sorry, inhibiting COX-1 and 2, and then increasing like M2 polarization, taking macrophage from a pro-inflammatory like M1 polarization state to a more pro-resolving anti-inflammatory M2 state via the promotion of arginase and the suppression of INOS activity. Really interesting holistic mechanism of action there, creating these anti-inflammatory pain relief and uh, mood elevation effects. And we were also the first to show that PEA, just like OEA, is like a, a fantastic lifespan extender at a nanomolar concentration. So PEA could increase lifespan by around 42% at 10 nanomolar. So when you're getting something like the six or sorry, the 400 milligrams of PEA that we have in this system, that's actually enough to like reach those levels and be physiologically relevant. PEA has popped up so much recently in a bunch of studies related to arthritis and yeah. pain, like lower back pain and things like that. So PEA is definitely... A fascinating molecule, and you alluded to the fact that it can activate these endocannabinoid receptors. I think it can still activate both CB1 and CB2 right. receptors. Yeah. So the dosage range you said there was 400 milligrams. Is there a unique form of PEA, like a liposome, like liposomal, different? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the PEA is an interesting molecule for sure because since it is a since it is a like a lipid species, it's a breakdown product of palmitic acids you would get in something like palm oil or vegetable oil or just very naturally found in the food stream. But because it's a lipid species, it's very hydrophobic, right? It doesn't like to dissolve in water. And when you dry it, it forms crystals. And the larger those crystals are, the less bioavailable the PEA actually becomes. So there's a couple different forms of PEA that are out there on the market right now. There's like normal PEA, 
micronized PEA, which is just, you know, smaller crystals and then ultra micronized PEA, which essentially is like the smallest crystal that you can possibly make and the bioavailability of PEA and its clinical efficacy goes up the smaller those crystals become. So like where, what we're using in, in Mimeo is ultra micronized PEA. So it's the most bioavailable form. It's, um, estimated to be oh, like anywhere between three to six times more bioavailable than just standard non ultra micronized PEA. But then yes, there, you can also use um, like liposomal PEA as well, because again, it's a lipid species. So it loves liposomes, it just goes right in there and becomes um, very bioavailable. But as I know from the data right now, the liposomal PEAs that are out there still do not have as good of a bioavailability as the ultramicronized PEA. And as far as right. I know of, not to toot our own horn, but we're the only provider of ultramicronized PEA in the States right now. Wow. Incredible stuff. Yeah, we can see here the, just hearing you talk about the synergy between the ingredients, I'm seeing all like in my head, I've got all these overlapping activation pathways and all these different... Oh, yeah. Different yeah, if you if y'all ever want to really understand the full scope of biological complexity, just look up a cellular metabolism map, and it'll it's just yeah. like this over overlapping, complicated, just super crazy interconnected, almost like London subway tube map. It's just there's all the interlocking pieces of cellular metabolism are insane. Yeah. So maybe Chris, do you want to finish off by explaining to my listeners how they can utilize Mimeo? You said it can be with food. It can be during a fast. Maybe do you want to explain the dosage? Is it two capsules per serve? Yeah. Break that down. Yeah, absolutely. So the dosage for Mimeo is like two capsules per day, and that's going to contain the full formulation. And we typically advise folks to take that all at one time, give you more of a chance to feel some of those acute benefits of the PEA, the OEA, the spermidine, the nicotinamide, get you more of that everyday relief from aches and pains, that mood elevation, that optimization of metabolism. And then also what we haven't really discussed is the performance and performance enhancement and recovery side of things as well. You can definitely use Mimeo as a fasting mimetic, take it with food, avoid a lot of those negative effects of eating like we were talking about before. Or like we said, also, you can use it as a fasting enhancer to maximize the benefits of your fast, get you more benefits than you would ordinarily experience, especially in shorter term fasting, immune cell regeneration, immune cell regulation, autophagy, things that don't really show up until at least 24 hours of fasting that you know you might not be achieving with your shorter fast right now. Now. But then also, yeah, as an actual performance enhancer, and that's one of the really interesting things about the inclusion of PEA in this formulation is that in addition to all of the other clinical studies out there on PEA for pain relief, um, it's also being studied um, pretty rigorously right now for its ability to decrease neuroinflammation and increase cognition abilities, especially in folks with neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And they've been showing some really good preliminary results there. But then also it's been studied for actually enhancing exercise performance and then recovery because of the, like the pain relief effects as well. And it also has great clinical efficacy there. So if you want to use Mimeo as a performance enhancer, 
if you take that around one hour before you really need to perform at your best, whatever it is, whether it's the big game or going to the gym or even giving a presentation, right? Um, Mimeo can be really beneficial there for helping to achieve better flow state and kind of getting that in the zone feeling. Um, and that's actually what um, my co-founder, Caitlin Beatty, says that she experiences a lot. She's a, like a, a national uh, intramural athlete, even at this point. She's won a lot of national competitions for both tennis and field hockey. And she's using Mimeo out there to really help to put, put her in the zone, get where she needs to be faster, see into the matrix almost, right? And, and perform at her peak. And one of the reasons why one of our main investors invested in us was because he was a big cyclist as well. He was going out there on a course, took Mimeo, and within 30 minutes, he could tell, oh, I could immediately start feeling benefits. I was cycling with my friends. I set up a PR for the course, beat all of them out, and then invested the next day. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. You can clearly see there's a really widespread application for Mimeo. You mentioned the different, the vast effects that it can have across longevity, uh, minimizing the damage of a, a dirty meal. Um, assisting with um, general inflammation, pain, things like that. So um, I'll make sure to leave a, a link to Mimeo for those listening in that will be linked in the podcast show notes um, after this podcast. But otherwise, Chris, um, it was an absolute pleasure chatting with you here today. It was a, a great podcast. Yeah, it was, so, it was such a good time. And I'm glad that we got to really dive into the science and go deep on the pathways. That's something that I don't usually get to do. So I really appreciate being able to do it here. Yeah, awesome. Uh, thank you again, and um, we'll touch base soon. Thanks, Lucas. Thank you, everyone, for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.